Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Move over running backs, move over wide receivers. It's time for tight end week here on the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody had a good week and welcome in to tight end week here on the show. We've got a good one for you here this week. We've got three episodes coming out over the next couple of days discussing tight ends today. Tight ends 35 through 17 tomorrow, the top 16. Uh, and then our last episode for tight end week, we're going to get into the sleepers and we have some deep dive conversations to be had there. Uh, Jamie, this should be a fun one. Looking forward to it. You know the drill. I go through, I give the tiers of these names, and then we discuss players in that tier that we are interested in. So let's kick this off. Let's get this started. Tight end 35, Foster Moreau. Tight end 34, Luke Musgrave. Tight end 3, Cade Otten. Tight end 32, Logan Thomas. Tight end 31, Austin Hooper. And tight end 30, Dalton Kincaid. Obviously, I think the two rookies are the players that we should soft circle here and have a quick conversation about. Uh, Just a quick glance, not to give too much away, but Luke Musgrave is your highest uh, ranked Green Bay rookie tight end at tight end 34. So I think that's an important piece of information uh, to look at. And then Dalton Kincaid as your tight end 30, which I think is interesting given the context of what we think Buffalo is going to do with those two tight ends this season. Yeah, so let's start with Kincaid because I think that's that's the biggest thing that's going to surprise people. He's he's being ranked right now as the tight end thirteen uh, in a. Excuse me, he's being ranked right now as the tight end twenty three in ECR. He's going as tight end thirteen in ADP, and I I this is more. I, I think we need to be cautious here uh, with Dalton Kincaid, and here's why. This is the time of year where everybody tells us all the creative ways they're going to use these players. And a lot of it doesn't come to bear fruit once we get to the season. And I would caution against just assuming that Dalton Cage is going to come in and be the uh, like a big slot as a rookie for Buffalo. I do think he's going to get opportunities in that role. I don't think he's going to flash some success. But I think we always overstate what those roles are going to be. It is difficult for rookie tight ends to come in and make major impacts. All right. It really is and always has been. And by the way, there's another tight end there that they paid recently. Uh, what? No. I heard this guy isn't good. Every Bills and, fan tells me this guy stinks. And there's also, at least for now, we'll see what happens, you know, with the next time the, the wind blows. But for now, the target hog is going to be Stefan Diggs. And Gabe Davis is still there. And Khalil Shakir is going to be in there another year. And just there's James Cook out of the backfield. This team throws a lot. I get it. And I like Dalton Kincaid's skill set long-term. But he's not going to get all of the tight end targets. Dawson Knox is not going away. So to me, I think Dalton Kincaid can be a 50 or 55 target guy this year, which is fine. But we're talking, like in my numbers, I have him for 35 catches, 410 yards in between two and three touchdowns. That's just on any given week, nothing special. And I think projecting him to do more than that, or significantly more than that, is asking a lot. And and I think once we get into training camp and once we start to see games come out, we're going to understand that a lot of this conversation was overstated. So this is one of those ones. I've brought this up in, in other before where I do the thing where I wipe my hands and I throw them up and I say, this is going to be somebody else's problem. Dalton Kincaid's going to be somebody else's problem for me. Hey, this year. hey, hey Jamie, I have a question for you. 
I, I hope I, so. Yeah, this is that, and it's that's and, kind of the cornerstone of the show. And it's about Dalton Kincaid and it's about the Buffalo Bills. If the if the Bills were going to um get two tight ends on the field, right? If they yeah. were gonna get two tight ends on the field, what um what personnel grouping would they find themselves in if they got those two tight ends on the field together? What what would that be? Just just if, if there was a if there was a somebody out there who didn't know what that would be. Twelve. Maybe in twelve personnel. Okay. 12 personnel. Um, yeah. If you had to guess, if you had to guess the percentage of the time on first down that the Bills were in 12 personnel last year. What, what do you think that number would oh, be? Oh, shit, Chris. Last year, they only, like, they were only dressing two tight ends. So I have no idea. Uh, 6%. Uh, no, no. 6% would be the worst number in all of football. The Raiders have that uh, honor with 7% on first down. Uh, but the Bills are second with 8%. 8% of the time on first down last year, the personnel grouping was in 12 personnel. So... Consider me a little skeptical. What was second tight end was it like Tommy Sweeney? Like who? Who? I don't even remember who it was. Consider me a little skeptical of the idea that they are going to just, with just rose-colored glasses, be able to just instantly get this to where it needs to be. I'm a little concerned that they're going to uh, have some struggles with this. Yeah, and, and look, I do expect them to do more than that. But this is a team that didn't dress a lot of tight ends in recent years, and I understand but, they didn't have two. Cal- tight ends of this caliber. I, I, I but Jimmy, I, if they I, doubled it, if they doubled it, it's still bottom third of the league. If they yeah. doubled their percentage of first down twelve personnel usage, it would still be bottom third in the league. That's how little they used it. Yes. I, again, I'm in wait and see mode. It's just, it's just going to be one of those things for me. Like I'm not Dalton Kincaid will not be on my team. To to the Luke Musgrave point, you know, I have him here at. I'm not drafting Tucker Craft. Like Tucker Craft a lot. He's got a ways to go. Sounds to like you adjust. hate Tucker Craft, to be honest with you has a ways to go to adjust to the pro game and and was drafted as such. And I like it long-term Luke Musgrave is the more interesting name because he's the more like all around offensive weapon, physical freak type of player. The problem is we don't know what this offense is going to look like. We don't know what this quarterback is going to look like. And I still think there are better receiving weapons elsewhere. And I think they're going to run the ball a lot more than we were used to seeing them run the ball when they were with, when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. So to me, it's where, where, when are you going to draft them? Like you draft them one tight end, maybe two if you're weird. Like the shrug emoji. <laughs> like I just, I, I just, I don't think that. Here, put it this way: I don't think the Packers' offense is good enough to necessitate a rookie breakout at tight end. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say. I just spent last week talking of Jaden Reed. Well, don't, 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 no, don't. No, no, no. But I, I talk about at tight end. Sure. You know how much I love Musgrave. Let's see. Right? I mean, I, 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 I am like too. I'm the king of the Luke Musgrave fan club. Um Aaron Rodgers was still there. We're having a different oh, conversation. Sure. Aaron and I also think Musgrave's being ranked in the twenties and we're having a conversation about him being a sleeper, but that's not the case. Sure. And I, I think there's I, I think there's also a pause that we need to put on this idea that this Green Bay offense is gonna flourish right away, right? I think it's gonna take some time for them to get it to where does. we think they can be. With if, if it even does this year. Like right. If it, if it even gets off the ground. Right. Yeah. And if it doesn't get off the ground, I don't know if anyone's going to succeed. No, they're going to be on the ground a lot because. Yeah. AJ, actually, you know, the, t- the two players that will succeed are AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Those will be the <laughs> yes. two players that will do a lot of the succeeding. In a for variety of ways. Uh, in 2023. So, it pains me to see Logan Thomas down this low, but. Dude, he's just got to stay on the field. No, I, I, I didn't disagree with the spot. I just said it pained me. Pain has been something he said to deal with a lot, which yeah. is why he hasn't been on the field. So, like, on that note, I will get us into the next tier here. We are into the <laughs> we are into the twenties. 
Tyler Conklin, tight end 29. Jawan Johnson, tight end 28. Hunter Henry, tight end 27. Cole Komet, tight end 26. Hayden Hurst, tight end 25. Michael Mayer, tight end 24. Noah Fant, tight end 23. Irv Smith Jr., tight end 22. And Sam Laporta, tight end 21. And Gerald Everett, tight end 20 as we are into the 20s. Jamie's going to use one of his timeouts. I am, even though it's going to talk about somebody in this category. Two remaining. We need we need to have a Oh, did you Todd Graham it? You used the timeout when you didn't need to? Yeah, because wow. we need to have a conversation about Cole Komet. Because people oh, are going to hate you. No, uh, the Bears fans already hate us for what we say on this nice. show. You're going to make it worse? But here's the problem, Chris. They can't get to you. I can see Soldier Field from my apartment. So it's well, a they, I mean, they just, it's they're in the TDN Premium Discord, and they're in the TDN Daily live show chat, like, heckling me. So they can get to me. I walk about town, Chris. They can it's true. find me. It's true. Here's, here's the thing. I think there's no player that's going to be hurt more this year by the additions the Chicago Bears have made this offseason than Cole Komet. I think he, as a pass-catching weapon, is just aight. He's one of the most aight players at the position in the league. He saw some a decent target bump at times last year, especially late in the season. But I think the addition of DJ Moore, if we get Darnell Mooney healthy, some of the other pieces that they have there, I think Cole Komet is going to be the one that has hurt the most from this because I don't think he has the skill set to demand targets like some of the other players in the lineup. And he was getting targets out of necessity at times last year. I don't think he's going to be a non-factor, but I'm not drafting him based on what he did late last season. So to me, he is one of those guys that, you know, he's currently being drafted as the the tight end 14, which means he is going in a lot of drafts right now. And to me, he should be nothing more than waiver wire fodder. This team is not going to throw the ball very much. He's gotten a lot more weapons around him. It's a bad combination for, for Cole Komet. I am completely out on Cole Komet this year. Jamie, I, I think when I when I ask this question, you are going to have some numbers or some information to back up this, this ranking and this conversation because it feels like in order to put this player where you have them that you would have said information and said numbers because I look at this situation and I say and I see the player that was in direct competition with this player getting traded this past offseason. I see this team making a change at offensive coordinator, which makes me think that this player can get back to being the tight end that we all thought this player could be. Yet you have this player ranked as your tight end 27. I thought for sure Hunter Henry would be higher on this list just from the fact that we no longer have defensive coaches calling plays and John Ruth Smith now in Atlanta. I thought for sure Hunter Henry would get a little bit of a bump here. No, tight end 27 for you. Explain yeah. yourself. I was surprised at how low I had him. I, I'm just not sure what the kind of target share he's going to get there. Like I have him projected right now for for 50, 50 or 50.5 targets right now. That's has some touchdown upside, um, especially for his position. I'll say this. I don't want to bet on a full bounce back because there's injury history, because I still, even though that we have offensive guys calling it now, I still don't love the offense as a whole. And I still need to see more from Mac Jones. I would not be shocked, put it this way, of the veterans that are down this low, I would not be shocked if he's one of the guys that is flirting with the top 15 tight ends at season end. Like I, I could, there's, I can foresee a path there. I'm just not going to bet on it. I don't think the target share is going to be there enough. I don't think the explosiveness per play is going to be there enough. And I'm still not sure I trust the offense enough, even if it's it has to be better than it was last year just by design. So – I get your point and I understand it. I just like the upside of some of these other guys a little bit more. You know, I have Hunter Henry being, again, the difference between like Hunter Henry and let's say, you know, uh, the last guy on the list you just named was, was Sam Laporta. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Uh, Gerald Everett is less than a point per game. 
So there's not a huge gap here between, you know, the 19, 20, 21 and the it, 26, 27s of the world. It's as if there's like 10 or 11 good fantasy tight ends and then it That's falls off of a cliff. That's the thing, man. It is tough. It is tough to like I, put it this way. And, and I know, you know what? Don't do the show before the show. Don't do the show before the show. Save it for tomorrow's show. Okay. Right? There's a, a line for me where it's like, if I don't get player X, Y, or Z, I don't know how many numbers it's going to go deep away for the show. I'm just not drafting one until super late. Like there's a line for me where like, <laughs> I'll figure it out I'm later. For, I'm not paying for the middle class of tight ends. I'm just not, not going to do it. Can't make me do it. Uh, two other players, really three other players in this middle class of tight ends that I would like to discuss with you. Tyler Conklin is your highest rated Jets tight end. You have him as tight end 29. CJ Ozoma not found on your list here. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Michael Mayer, rookie tight end there in um, uh, in Vegas. Vegas with the Raiders. You have his tight end 24. And then another rookie, Sam Laporta, you have his tight end 21. So either of those three players stood out to me. I- I'll pass it over to you and whichever one yeah. intrigues you the most to talk. And, you know, spoiler, you know, Sam Laporta is the, the highest ranked rookie uh, tight end on my list here. Um, I'll start with Sam because just because he's the first one on here, I, I think you know him on a first the- name basis. I don't actually. Okay, so that's so it'd be Mr. Laporta or Sam Laporta to you. M- Mr. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Laporta. Yeah. Um so here's the thing with with Mr. Laporta. I think he's got the best opportunity to get uh, high upside targets. And what I mean by that is I love the the offense that he's in. He doesn't have other pass catching tight ends anywhere near him on the depth chart even if he has to work his way into a full-time role. What, Chris? You made a, you made a face. I just want to make sure you're not being totally disrespectful to somebody. Okay, let's just, go, let me just go, check go, go, go. No, I'll wait. Go pull it let up. Let me Chris. check the dev chart. We're gonna sit here in silence. P- and wait please, please, please proceed no, with no, your no, point. No, 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 we're gonna wait. I've I've checked the dev chart. Please proceed with your point. Can, can, can you want to name? Ah, uh, yeah, it's gonna be Brock Wright, James Mitchell, and Shane Zilstra. I think Sam's gonna be okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, Chris. Thank you. Um, Although Brock Wright had a pretty decent year last year, didn't he? He had moments. after a, after uh, Hawkinson got after traded, Hawkinson, right? He had moments. Let's take a peek here. Uh, let's be realistic here. So Sam Laporta had four touchdowns. Okay, cool. Guy had 18 catches on 24 targets for four touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. Adorable. Just saying. So Sam Laporta. <laughs> Sam Laporta uh, has, has an opportunity here to emerge, and by the way, to get high quality targets to get those touchdowns, like that went to Brock Wright last year, and. Uh, I still think that tight end is going to be a key role for them. And, and again, the same reason why we talked about some of the other sleeper names in Detroit with Jamison Williams not there for at least six weeks of the year is you have Amon Ross St. Brown, you have Jameer Gibbs, and some guys. And I think Sam Laporta has the skill set to find an early role early on. I still want to temper expectations. He's still going to be at absolute best the third target if probably fourth or fifth but i think he's gonna have his moments i think he's a guy that you're gonna like in certain matchups uh especially at points during the year and i want to take the chance on the upside if i'm gonna draft the guy uh this late here and and i got him you know i have him ranked seven spots higher than the x the other experts of fantasy pros but this is really kind of about where he's getting drafted so i think he's appropriately valued here you know michael mayer the other rookie down at 24 again there's really negligible difference between these two guys in terms of skill, uh, in terms of my fantasy point projection, but. And you have him higher than Austin Hooper. I think it's an important piece of information to share with everybody. You have him as the higher rated Vegas tight end. I do. And, and I think, but th- this is the, the concern for me. And I think part of that is, is I think 
while it's going to be close at some point, I think by the end of the year and when you're playing meaningful games, Michael Mayer is going to be the one that overtakes him. But a little bit more competition for pass-catching targets. Sauce Snooper is, is a perfectly fine pass-catching tight end, by the way. Uh, never, You know what I mean? So he is somebody that I think is going to be pressed for more competition. I think he's going to get worse quarterback play. And right now, better receiver wide receivers that right. are in that group for now or to start the season. So to me, if I, that's the kind of the tiebreaker between the two, I have them both projected to be, let me see. It's, I think it's like super close between the two. Yeah. I mean, it's like a third of a point per game. So there's not a lot of difference between those two rookies. I just think if you want to check differentiating boxes, I think the the ones that are in San Laporta's favor are, are more likely to lead to extra fantasy point production versus the one in Michael Mayer's. And then Tyler Conklin at 29. I'm intrigued to see which tight end Curry's Aaron Rodgers' favor. Well, if Tyler Conklin could stop dropping the ball, he probably could run away with the tight end one job. But That that would be nice. Um, But let's be honest. It's like we haven't seen, outside of the crazy Robert Tunyon touchdown season, which was more about touchdowns than anything else, we haven't seen – a lot of super highly fantasy productive tight ends with Aaron Rodgers, and given the other receivers that are there, um, and given the pass catching ability of some of the guys out of their backfield, I ranked them, but like I'm not probably going to play many Jets tight ends in fantasy this year. The last three names for us to discuss here on this edition of the show: tight end 19, Zach Ertz; tight end 18, Greg Dolchich; and tight end 17. Jake Ferguson. Jamie, I know you want to save Jake Ferguson for the sleepers episode, so we'll put him to the side. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Greg Dolchitz because I thought this was a player that had a pretty decent rookie season, was kind of at a time when they needed him to be because that Broncos offense got so out of sorts and so out of control, it felt like the only redeeming part and piece of that offense, the guy that was kind of holding things together is Greg Dolchitz played well when he came back. And so for me, this is a guy that yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty interested to see what year two looks like for him. I think that the interesting part about him is like he really started to have success right when everybody else gave up on the Broncos completely. And and I think that's kind of playing. Again, can you blame them? No. Watching the Broncos was I would have rather watched grass grow, but it was, but it's also part of the reason why grass might've grown, might've grown faster than how efficient the Broncos offense was in the red zone for sure. Yeah. And also would have been safer than the AstroTurf. A hundred percent. To me, he is somebody that again, it's, it's a new team. In the sense of like, you got a new head coach, you got new offensive coaching staff. You, you, you know, there's there's some differences there. Tim Patrick's coming back, so there there are things to be worried about. Like there are a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, and it's an offense that's going to run the ball more than we're used to seeing. But I also know the tight end has had a significant role in Sean Payton's offense before, and you know, you might have remembered that uh, that one guy uh, wore eighty, got traded. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham oh, was that his guy. name. Yeah, uh, you might you might remember might him. You might remember even just the way that he has used tight end hybrid like like Taysom Hill uh, or even you know other guys over the years. So I think there's still going to be a role for Greg Dolchich. I like the talent. I liked him coming out, and he sh- he flashed late last season. Like he legitimately flashed a lot of su- a lot of successful plays. I think he can be a 70 or 80 target guy in this offense, and I, I like all those pieces there. So he's somebody that I, I'm excited about. You know, if, if I'm drafting super late and I'm trying to draft a couple guys and take some guys with some upside, you know, he's one that I could foresee having some success in this offense. And uh, Zach Hurts is interesting to me because I feel like I know he's like 107. And I know this offense give or take is, a give or take a few. Yeah. yeah. And I know Trey McBride is there, but I don't think Trey McBride's that good either, to be honest with you. And I think as long as Zach Ertz is there, he can still 
get open, catch the ball, and fall down. Like he can still, he can still, he you can still hit those staples. And I, I don't expect him to play a full season, but I do think he's the guy that I could see Colt McCoy or Clayton Tune leaning on early in the season. And I could see Ertz ending up finishing the year flirting with 50 catches. I know that's not exactly a huge number, but Again, you know, you, you take DeAndre Hopkins out of this offense. There's more target share to go around. He's a veteran option. Like, I still think he can think his way into a role. Like, he still thinks the game very well, and he can he can do all the little things that veterans tend to do at that position when they no longer – let's be honest, he's not like he was ever a supremely, like, twitchy athlete right. at that spot, and he's not there now. But someone that's getting completely forgotten about that I think is in my mind, still the tight end one in this offense until I hear otherwise. Like I, I know where, I know where they spent the draft capital on Trey McBride, but that was a previous regime, previous coach, previous GM, previous everything. And I have my concerns about what Trey McBride can be as a player. I think as long as Zach Ertz is healthy, he's going to be the tight end one. And if this team is not going to throw the ball down the field as much, because they they're probably physically incapable of doing so. It's going to open up Zach Ertz to be open in the in progressions, particularly against zone defense, where you can just again get open, find a soft spot, catch the ball, go down right away. And I think there are going to be certain weeks, certain matchups that he's actually you're thinking about picking him up. So he's somebody that I think deserves a little bit more love uh, going at tight end 28 right now that I have sneaking into my top 20. Tight ends 35 through 17 in the books for you here on tight end week on the show. We do the top 16 tomorrow. And there's going to be some fun conversations inside that top 16. So you're going to want to come on back and see us again tomorrow. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to your podcast. Share the show with a friend, coworker, loved one. Helps us out a ton. Continues to grow this show as we get into uh, the meat of the offseason and getting very, very close to the start of uh, the regular season for both college and pro football. So we're looking forward to it here on the show. You've got the video version of the show over on our YouTube channel. Just search the draft network on youtube while you're over there give the video a thumbs up leave a comment subscribe turn on the notification bell so you know when we go live you know when a new video drops you get all that stuff for you instantaneously we would appreciate that very much we continue tight end week tomorrow the top 16 tight ends for you for us to discuss on tomorrow's show everybody have a great rest of your day we'll talk to you all tomorrow thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.